Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, uh, we're finally melting here. I don't know about you all. Yep. No, that's good. You've, you've been frozen for, what, a solid week now? Uh, I think a century. <laughs> oh. Infinity, perhaps. Um, we got to the point where the kids were just kind of mad. Like, they didn't know why they were mad because they're little kids. So they didn't know that it's like that you've just been in the house too long. Like, this happens. You get to a point where you're just like, I don't want to be here anymore. Cabin fever. Yes. Mm. Yes. So we've returned back to our lives, okay. as it were. Yeah. They, are you uh, all thawed? Are you all? Are you all all melted? Well, you know, we only got about an inch and a half to start with. I think maybe two total by the end of last week. Um, but apparently, that's more snow than DC has gotten in like years. So we all kind of shut down and freaked out. Um, but yesterday, it got up to forty degrees. So we're all all melted now they had left the snow kind of just everywhere and there was ice everywhere um they don't salt things here so Hmm. now it's gone what is that a political statement (laughs) i don't know i i'm i'm fortunate enough that i live around a lot of hotels so the hotels salt outside near their sidewalks Mm -hmm. um so my walk to school is about half safe uh, and then once you get to school, obviously they've salted the sidewalks like within the school. But the streets here, they don't salt them. I, I don't know why, but I they've just been covered in ice um, until all of it is melted naturally. It's crazy. Yeah. Just, uh, well, it's, it's the natural approach. Just let nature. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. We'll just let Earth take care of it. I guess that's the way. What about you, the, Alte? I mean, we had, it wasn't too bad. I guess New York is a little bit more accustomed to the, the weather. So everything everything gets pre-salted before the weather happens. Mm-hmm. So it melts pretty fast. The, the roads, anyway. Uh, I do think it's interesting that, I mean, I think this is true in a lot of places, but it's very much enforced in New York that the sidewalk is, whatever building is on that patch of sidewalk it's their responsibility to take care of the sidewalk so you get the fun um opportunity to if you have a a stretch of of snow or ice on the sidewalk glare at whatever business is Mm. located on it Mm because they have not done their civic duty and protected you Mm -hmm. so you know and it'll be like you'll have like a few like feet that are good and then like eight eight feet or, or 15 feet that are that are gross because this one one restaurant didn't salt or shovel yeah it's good to look for um rage opportunities throughout your day yeah 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 absolutely you need you need places to to release it yeah i had a similar experience except i was walking through like a neighborhood um and there was just this very clear delineated patch that was all melted and scooped and clear and then everything else was horrible um and I was sitting there thinking, like, this is, this. how did this happen so fast? It was after, like, the first day of snowfall. Everything was clear in front of this one little row house. Um, and then I looked, and there's a big uh, black, like, SUV car sitting out front mm-hmm. with two men in it. And that's how you know where someone important lives in D.C., apparently, is when it snows, if everything gets melted off, and you've got a big black fancy car sitting out front. 
Mm. There's some politician living there. See, I feel like, and I mean, you know, you all lived here, so you would you would probably weigh in on this. I feel like that West Virginia has tricked us into thinking like it's a mark of like how tough and resourceful and like self-sufficient you can be. If it's like nobody comes and salts my road, nobody plows my road, I had to get out on my own. Do you know what I crawled out of? We haven't had electricity for three days. It's okay. I can get by. And we're all like, yeah, that's right. That's a great attitude to have. And it's a it's a good trick because our failing infrastructure has become like a point of pride for all of us. And like the government did a good job because I feel that sometimes like it's okay they didn't plow my hill I don't need you to it's like well no I I actually do and I pay tax dollars for that and what are you guys doing if you're not doing this yeah I can remember that yeah yeah Is That's Justin the- Justin not getting out there in his new truck and plowing the- <laughs> plowing the hill. Uh, no joke he was he was very discouraged by it's really expensive to buy a plow to put on the front of your truck mm-hmm. is what we learned. He totally was researching that, like, forget this, I'm just buying a plow, I'm gonna attach it to the front of my truck, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna plow the hill myself. And then we started looking at plows, and I was like, holy crap. I don't know why I didn't think it would be, it just feels like it's a big piece of curved metal, like, how expensive could that be? I mean, be? it's a piece of professional equipment. <laughs> is there not a, like a, I don't know, I guess you don't need a... <laughs> plow license but it feels like something that not everyone should be able to purchase and just put on their car without some sort of some sort of test a, a plow exam i don't you shouldn't just be able to do that that feels I dangerous i no, i i agree with you 100 percent. i guarantee it's state by state and i guarantee in west virginia they're like whatever you get your own plow <laughs> you want to you want to have a plow have a plow freedom <laughs> God and the Bible and America and Ronald Reagan and Jesus said I could have a snowplow. <laughs> Country <Plows>. By God. <laughs> Somebody did. <laughs> no. That I uh I, I if they were not so expensive, we would we would have a snowplow on the front of Justin's truck, but I don't know, maybe that'll be <laughs> You his know, big, his birthday, Father's Day, Christmas present for the entire year is I will buy him a plow to put on the front of his truck. Yeah, but then, then you're the guy with the plow. You're mm-hmm. gonna be the first person everyone calls whenever they need, whenever they need a plow. Then you can uh, be Mister Plow. Mister Plow from The Simpsons. You got? You don't you remember? No. That name again is Mister Plow. He sings a song. He becomes Mr. Plow. He gets a plow truck, and Homer becomes Mr. Plow. And anyway, never oh mind. wow! You know, I love Justin. <laughs> I don't think I can imagine him being the guy that lives at the top of the hill that everybody calls when they need the hill plowed. Yeah, he doesn't have that that <laughs> plow energy. I the big think. plow energy. No, no. I feel like he it make him very nervous, right? Yeah. That's a lot of responsibility. It does. It does feel like something you should have to know how to do because when you push the snow off the road, where does it go? It can't go forward indefinitely, <laughs> right? <laughs> like it has to go to a side at some point. And where? How do you know where to? Like how? I mean, I guess you know not to block a driveway. Well, you know you shouldn't. But what if you don't know how to stop that from happening? I just imagine him driving in a straight line down down the hill, just 
pushing it all down to the bottom and then Just walking everyone wall. in. Yeah. <laughs> Giant snow wall at the bottom of the hill that we can't get past. Well, at least now there's one big obstacle instead of, you know, several feet of obstacle. Uh, no, I, I mean, I wouldn't have thought he was a truck guy, though, so... Yeah, this is the first I'm hearing of the truck. Is it like a truck mm-hmm. truck? Yeah, like it's a, a pickup truck. Huh. I know. Yeah. He he has wanted it since he started woodworking. And I kept saying, like, let's see if you still want it in another six months. Let's see if you still, like, you don't really want a truck. It's just that this is, you know, but the woodworking hobby has stayed. And uh, theater last year is what cemented it for him that was when he finally decided like i've got to get a truck we haul too much stuff if we're going to do outdoor theater that's fair so it was it it was time the car his other car was worn out we needed something new and now he has a truck i still drive a subaru don't worry a big subaru Mm -hmm. i will always drive a super (laughs) you'll never stop me Truck husband and Subaru wife. That's a, that's a couple. <laughs> that arrangement has worked for a lot of people throughout history. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's an extension of my wife energy. <laughs> the Subaru, Subaru wife, wife, the truck husband. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like I know we've been uh, starting talking about our topic way later in the episodes lately. But I feel like this topic is big enough that we should start talking about it sooner. I, yes. There's my very smooth transition yeah. into into oh. Taylor's pick for this week. Yeah, and you know, it's a little it's it's not really I think it's 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 something all of us could have brought to the table because it's the Barbie movie, but Barbie has been around for forever. Since mm-hmm. the dawn of time, according Barbie to Barbie is eternal. Yeah. <laughs> the dawn of civilization, at least, but uh, more specifically, 1959. But uh, it does feel that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so always been, been Barbie. Yeah, um, I will say just off the bat, I really and I know that this. I feel like anything that is as big of a cultural phenomenon as as the Barbie movie was, and I mean this is true for lots of other things too, is like there's going to be so much discourse about it that no matter what you say, like there's going to be somebody to disagree with, like, well, well, actually, I just, I I will just preface with, I really enjoyed this movie. I really liked it. I found it very funny and moving. And I saw it twice, like in theaters, which isn't something I normally would do, you know? So like, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. I really like this movie. I understand that there are lots of um, fair criticisms, but I really liked it. Yeah, same. I, um, I, I think that there, there is some good criticism that's been leveraged at it. Although I do kind of find some of it, some of it ironic because, like, it's like, well, this this movie can't do everything, and mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the tenets of the movie, right? Is that women are expected to do everything and fix everything and be everything. Mm-hmm. It's like this movie was, it, it is not that. It's a movie about a plastic doll, and you know. Like a very specific concept, but I loved it. I thought it was well done. I thought it was funny. I thought it was beautiful. I love the visuals. I love the costuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, I now have seen it three times. I saw it twice when it came out, and then I watched it streaming 
to rewatch it and prepare to talk about it today. Um, and I was going to say the exact same thing, Tay. I was going to say, I think, you know, we expect female-led, female-directed, female-written movies to do all of the things for women. Um, and that's just not... I mean, Oppenheimer came out at the same time, and we're not like, this is the movie that needs to have all of the commentary and all of the historical, you know, uh, context and all of that for this entire time period and for all of these people. Um, you don't want to say that. I, I'll be real. I didn't watch Oppenheimer. I can't say anything else about it other than I think I kind of know it was about a bomb. Um, <laughs> right? Or like a guy that made it. So yeah. So yeah. there's that. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. I, I probably will never see it. Um, but I... movies can't do everything that's why that's why you see a movie like this and you say okay yes this is a good starting point for this kind of conversation and this kind of film to be made now let's Mm -hmm. encourage more movies that talk about these kinds of issues that are that are female written that are female led that you know bring voices to those who haven't had them before um don't expect all of it out of the one that's been made it's funny because that's the one reason that I I did not want to watch and have not watched Oppenheimer is because so many people that were that suffered at the hands of the bomb had said, "Hey, this this kind of glorifies the whole production of you know weapons of war and doesn't really interact at all with the people that suffered from it." That's not even you know that's that should be part of this story. Yeah. Yeah, and I wondered if that was the case. I mean, I haven't seen it either, but I wondered if the movie, like, does it, I don't know. I yeah. wonder if it critically approaches that. You uh, know? Apparently it doesn't, and I don't. I wasn't inter- that interested in seeing it anyway, but uh, I, I saw lots of people speaking out about that and asking for, you know, like, petitioning to, like, have something included that nods to the fact, like, oh, right, and we killed and destroyed, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives. Uh, so I don't know. I don't I, I guess, you know, if we're going to criticize the plastic doll for not fixing feminism <laughs> or, or <laughs> making all women equal around the world, then, then maybe we can ask the bomb movie to talk about what the bomb does. <laughs> well, but I feel, and I feel like, like the movie doesn't pretend to, because I mean, I think that, I think there are a lot of ways you could read it. Um, but very, I think very, on a very surface level, the kins are treated in Barbie land the way women are treated in real life. Generally, I know there's lots more nuance to it, but like if you if you put that sort of lens on on parts of it, at the end, they talk about like, you know, maybe the kins someday could have as many seats in our representative body as women hold in our representative body in the real world. Like the joke is we're not there. the The yeah. joke is still like. We didn't fix it. Things aren't better. This movie didn't solve all the problems. The Kins are still, I don't know, marginalized. I don't know. <laughs> like, I feel dumb saying that. But you know what? I, I mean, like, if you look at it as a corollary to that, it's not fixed. And that is a recognition that, like, things are in no way fixed. And I don't, I don't think there is, seriously, is, is there anyone out here who thought like feminism did it we won it's fixed and the, 
<laughs> we fixed it, and the Barbie movie is just a triumph of like, remember when things were bad and now everything's great? Like, is there really anybody who was confused about that? Well, and I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't think that's what the movie was was attempting to do at all. Like, I think it was Mm-mm. trying to tell one story about the process that I think it's it's a specific process that in the world we've constructed for women, this is what, you know, women going from object to subject of their own life. And which is not even, I mean, I think everybody does that to a certain extent, but I think because women are introduced into a world where they are constantly treated like an object, constantly just a, a thing to be seen and, and, and used to not like think for themselves or exist. Like that's the path, right? She goes from object to subject. That's, there's a lot of commentary in that, but like that's, it's just telling one story about one Barbie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, it, and it really like, I mean, I think that it, you, can, you can broadly apply that to women in general, but what it, what it talks about the best is the representation of women in media, that specific piece of it. Um, Because there are lots of women who would argue and are very vocal about it on social media that like, I already get to do everything I want. I feel like there's no need for feminism because I feel personally that I am completely liberated and, and whatever. And that's, I mean, there's problems there, but whatever, like that's fine for you, (laughs) whatever. I don't need to, I, I, I think there are issues. But, like, that's not the... I think that they most eloquently showed that in media representations, generally speaking, women are usually only allowed to be a certain number of things. They are usually presented only in certain ways, and they are rarely given the opportunity to mold that narrative and craft what that looks like and fully realize that for everyone and kind of put that out there as these are these are options for you in the cultural zeitgeist the way that men have always had so many options of how to be so many different versions of how they can be cool or bad or good or funny or nuanced or anything you know you can be you can be so many things as a man and in media as a woman that scope has always been pretty narrow and I think that's what the movie talks about the best is that our cultural idea of a woman as opposed to like what every single, you know, female presenting person in the country's experience has been. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, because it's I mean, I, I, again, it's like men can just exist. Women have to serve a purpose and you have to pick your purpose. And there's only so many purposes you can serve. <laughs> and mm-hmm. You know, it's it's pick your box and stay in it quite quite literally in in the movie but you know it's like i always think of it in terms of like a like the the broken toaster like if you have a toaster in your house what does it do it it toasts your bread right Mm -hmm. and no matter how many years it it toasts your bread for you when it breaks you don't keep it around because like it has other things to offer you know (laughs) it's it has a job that's what it does you get rid of it when it doesn't do its job anymore Mm -hmm. because a toaster is a functional object it's not in existence. Now I say this and I'm thinking I'm, I'm sad for toasters. Um, yeah, this, this is making me think of the brave little toaster. Yeah. yeah. But but that's that's the difference <laughs> is that, you know, like, do you have, are you inherently, do you have inherent worth by just existing or does your worth come from the the, the, the job you serve to other people? The, the, the thing that you 
can be to somebody else. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, again, like a, a different way that no matter how many rights or how freely you live as a woman, you enter into a world where your worth comes from the 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 object you can be to different people and it you know it changes throughout your life but it's never just you on your own breathing mm-hmm. yeah and and i mean i think that it's so i mean i think it's so skillfully done when you like when they make the when they have the line about like barbie has a great day every day ken only has a good day when barbie looks at him that that is that was the reality is the reality for I mean, like women, like that's you just flip it. Like men get to have whatever. And, and I mean, it's not even necessarily a great day. They get to have whatever day they're going to have every day. Yeah. Women exist in proximity to them, and you know, at, orbiting them as some function in their life, and that's it. Um, and in this, it was Ken. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I don't know why people seem surprised that that was the message that the barbie movie ended up giving that like it wasn't like some fluffy pink like you know adventure um without much deeper meaning i for some reason that's what people expected i think a lot of people um and then went in and got what they ended up leaving saying was like feminist propaganda and like yeah sure (laughs) that's i mean yeah um but (laughs) I, we've talked about this before and we talked about some of the earlier Barbie movies that were animated and came out when I was young. Um, Barbie the toy has always been Barbie is a teacher, is an astronaut, is a lawyer, is a mom, is a vet, is a doctor, like is president and Ken is Ken. That has always mm-hmm. been Barbie the toy. Ken is an accessory for your Barbie. You don't need a yeah. Ken. Um, you need a Barbie if you're going to play with Barbies. You don't need a Ken. And Barbie's mm-hmm. the one who's going to come with all the different accessory packs to be all the different jobs and, you know, have the beautiful dream house and the pink cars and all that. Um, so really, I, I don't know why people seem upset that, that that's the message we get from the Barbie movie. It's like, well, I, that's what the toy's always been. The toy's always been this subliminal message of like, no, Barbie's the one who gets the job and the title and the importance and Ken is her accessory. Don't tell people that this is commentary, but that's what it is. Like, that's what it's always been. It's, well, it's really strange because it, like, and I mean, I think a lot of people who who saw it as, like, this dangerous feminist propaganda are, like, the kind of far-right weirdos who are outraged by everything. Mm-hmm. The, the same people who called Joe Biden a socialist. <laughs> right? Like... Where like those those of us those of us who maybe actually identify with socialism would say like what <laughs> like I, so I think like there, it's funny that a movie like this could get that kind of outrage when I don't think anything that it's saying about the experience of being a woman is necessarily earth shattering and I'm not saying that to me demean the movie I think it's pretty like. I wasn't watching it going, oh my gosh, I've never thought about it this way. I was, you know, like Mm -hmm. I was watching it going, yep, that's what it's like. Now, I do think that there are probably men who watched it and thought, man, what? (laughs) That, that seems rough. Like, I guess I hadn't thought about it that way. I do think that happened. I do think men, there were men who watched it and went, oh, we do expect women to constantly be pleasing us and thankful for everything and, and constantly be all these contradictory things um, but also be so happy about it mm-hmm. to make us feel good. 
And and I mean, I do think that maybe that happened, but it wasn't like it wasn't the most radical feminist thing you could have. I mean, certainly by by no stretch, but it's weird because it got flack from the right for being like this radical feminist thing that I didn't really feel. I mean, I don't think it's radical. I think it's pretty common sense stuff. And then it got and then I think the other thing is there were people who expected it to be a send up of very specifically the like physical ideal that Barbie the toy, you know, set for young girls. I, I think there were people who wanted more of that. Like, well, that's all well and good that Barbie can be an astronaut. But why does she have to look like that to be an astronaut? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think I think that there are people who have that relationship with Barbie who couldn't get past that when they saw the movie. Like, that's all well and good. But it's still the gorgeous Margot Robbie. You know what I mean? Well, but which I, I don't personally have a problem with. I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not voicing that. But sorry, Tay, go ahead. Oh no, I, was, I mean, I feel like you know, it, I mean, again, I would, I would, I would say it's, it's just, it's just funny because you know, I, I, I just as much as as we're allowed to pick apart women's bodies in in media, you know, I mean, not even just not we're not not fictional like women like real women like Mm -hmm. sell magazines like look who got fat look who got wrinkles look who got old like that's a whole look who has those impic face whole genre of people of of magazine sales which is just wild to me because it doesn't happen in the same ferocity to men of course but but um you know i think that picking apart this movie the the i mean we're we're talking about it on a media podcast so i guess we're doing the same thing but the amount of expectations and the desire to find fault in it and and find the way that it didn't do the thing it was supposed to do it just feels very on the nose for something that's mm-hmm. addressing how hard it is to be a woman in this world. Mm-hmm. But, it, oh, 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 I was saying, but it did. I mean, it, it it shows that yeah, Margot Robbie's the Barbie, but then there's all these other Barbies that look like everybody. Mm-hmm. It didn't make some big speech about see, look, Barbie can be anybody because it's it's a visual medium that showed that. Well, and it. I mean, to be fair, Barbie, and I, I know in the original Barbie didn't do that. Sure. Yes. The original Barbie was, you know, a blonde, white doll with, I, I don't know if her boobs were ever particularly big. I, I'm yeah. still, uh, that joke made, the, uh, the the comedian made about Barbie having big boobs, that still is very, like, troubling to me. Because I don't know that they were ever, it was never the point. But anyway, she, she was, was very a, thin. a thin, yeah. yes, a, a slim doll. Um, but Barbie definitely has evolved over time and they're like they have offered lots of different um, ethnicities and races and uh, they have Barbies with disabilities and they have Barbies of different body sizes now. And like I, I definitely think they've tried to show that. Um, so I don't I don't know. what You know, I mean, yes, that was what Barbie looked like originally. And if you want to level criticism at the fact that. Probably, I don't know. My guess would be that Barbies with that original slim figure that the original Barbie had probably still outsell other body types of Barbies, mm. probably statistically. Sure. I bet if you looked at the sa- the sales. And if you want to leverage criticism at that, that's not aimed at the doll. That's aimed at the our culture. That's aimed at an entire society that tells us this is what you should want to play with because this is what you should want to look like. And that is not the fault of any one item, you know, or movie or magazine or model. That's 
that's everything around us, you know? But it's really easy to make the doll the problem when the problem is so much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, again, I'm just speaking for myself and my experience, but as someone who played with Barbies, I mean, a lot growing up, I don't know if I ever had the conscious thought when I was sitting there playing with my Barbies, like, oh, I don't look like this doll. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I ever had the thought that I should feel bad because I do not look like this doll I am playing with. I always had a lot more going on with my Barbies. They had, you know, extensive storylines. They had complex relationships. They had jobs. They had responsibilities. Like, there was drama. Um, I was creating entire worlds and canons down there in that dream house. Um, But you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if... And yes, I can recognize now that, I mean, that probably had some sort of, like, subliminal effect on me. Um, and probably does for a lot of people, but I don't know if it was ever that outright that people say it was, that, like, little girls see Barbie and think that's what I should be. Like, I don't know if that was ever the message that come came across in in my playing with a doll. Yeah. Well, I, you know, like, like, are they, like, the setup of the, the opening of the film where they talk about how before little girls just had dolls mm-hmm. to... Like, I'm a mother, this is my baby doll. Mm -hmm. And this is, a Barbie operates more as a vehicle for dreaming what kind of adult you could be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That that's kind of how it functions. And, I mean, that's the the form that that concept took. (laughs) I... Yeah, I, I, I don't I, I don't think it's benign necessarily yeah. the way that she looks, but I, I do agree sure. that I my dolls were a mix of like I had like an Anastasia doll that I really liked mm-hmm. just because I don't know, she looked different, she had fun hair. Mm-hmm. Like it was just I just wanted lots of different like dolls then you had more for your yeah. narrative. I had a right. weird Barbie too. Everybody had a weird Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, I think all of my Barbies were weird Barbies. I was gonna say, like I I did stuff to a lot of like makeup and hair especially hair like haircuts and things um i always hated when they would come with like their hair already styled with little things in it like i had to take all those out right away Mm -hmm. i still like and both charlie and cooper do that by the way as soon as they get a doll they they need to take all the hair things out which i'm like i recognize that (laughs) i remember Um, unpacking barbies for them once and like they each had like it was a pack of two barbies and one was like a purple outfit with like these accessories and the other one was a pink one with these accessories and they were in like bathing suits and they had flip-flops and all this stuff and i was like unpacking it getting a little plastic out thinking this is so fun i'm gonna put their little accessories on them and they're gonna have their coordinating outfits with their matching fanny packs and shoes and and shawls and all this and i give them to them all prepped and i've sat there and i've organized their outfits so well and they both immediately just start tearing everything off of them yeah <laughs> it's like no, well why would you do this it comes it comes like this for a reason they do and they they love to put makeup on them and um they were trying to figure out how to get it was marker and they were trying to figure out how to get it off and i stupidly suggested um because we tried a makeup wipe and that didn't work and we had an alcohol swab oh no don't do that don't do that <laughs> it takes their face off it yeah. takes their face off it takes their face off and if you want to talk that's not a weird barbie that's like a okay we're getting rid of this i can't have this cursed item in our house that's 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 trauma barbie yeah, yeah. i can't no, <laughs> I've, we did it one time we learned our lesson i've never done it since i remember learning that lesson by myself when i had it wasn't a barbie do you remember that horrifying doll i had sydney christina blessing Mm-hmm. I was given this doll that prayed, Riley. Its oh, hand no. had oh, no. Velcro, and it mm-hmm. had Velcro on the back of its legs and its butt. 
so it could kneel and pray. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, this is this is my doll. Um, and I took some of mom's makeup, which I was not supposed to do, and put it on Christina Blessing. And then I didn't want to get in trouble, so I tried to take it off with nail polish remover. Ooh. And I took half of Christina Blessing's face off. And I've, I, if I was destined for the path of sin, there we go. <laughs> just, I just, re- just, I have just removed that. This is a, this is a, this is a godly creation, and I have just blinded it. And now I've. Is this oh, it? Oh God, I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't look yep. at Christina Blessing. That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should have just told mom and dad, like, I don't know. I just woke up and it looked like this. <laughs> just, yeah. What, is, what do you think this means? Better pray on it. I, you know, I never remember, like, I mean, yes, Barbie looks the way Barbie looks. Um, but for me, it was always about the clothes. So I think, like, when people talk about, like, Barbie is a celebration of capitalism. Well, well first of all, it's a it's a product. Sure, yeah. I mean, like. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's something that you buy with money. Yeah. And, like, it comes with other things that you might also want to buy with money. Like, I, I don't know what you want. Like, yeah, okay. Um, but. Like for me, it was more about the outfits. I never, I, I wanted to look like Barbie in the sense that I wanted to look like totally hair Barbie because <laughs> she had that awesome dress, that awesome like 80s neon pink stretch like spandex dress. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that dress and I wanted crimpy hair. Like those are the things I remember looking at Barbie and thinking like, oh, that dress is so cool. I wish I had that dress. Um, I I always wanted Barbie's different hairstyles. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't remember thinking like and also I wish I was thin like Barbie. I mean for me it was always it was so much more about like the kids around me comparing myself to other girls my age, you know? Yeah. I mean that was the biggest pressure on me was looking at going to a slumber party and thinking like I'm I have to wear this baggy t-shirt because I don't look like those girls around me. Like, those were the moments that I feel like impacted me way more than a Barbie. I don't know. I mean, that that was my life experience and everybody's is different. But I was not needing, I did not need this movie to critically talk about the damage that the the Barbie doll did to all of our collective psyches when it comes to body size i don't know i i was not looking for it to do that for me but maybe other people felt like it was important to them well i mean if you're looking at it critically and logically it was made partially by mattel i don't know how hard mattel's gonna go on like we did you know decades of trauma to young girls who now you know have warped and dangerous ideas of beauty you know what i mean like they'll go a little bit but they're not gonna go that hard yeah well that's yeah at the end of the day this movie sold lots and lots of product it sold a lot (laughs) of barbies yeah it's it's what they it's what they i'm sure that they you know even even if like it was trying to do good it's because good tested is profitable which i'm sorry it's yeah. you know that's just mm-hmm. this is how ca- that is that is a capitalism that they did a capitalism, <laughs> they did a capitalism. They did, yeah they did a capitalism <laughs> i well and it's i mean i don't know maybe i have more sympathy for it because i feel like i work within a system that is inherently immoral like for my day job that's what i do like the system i sure, work yeah. in is bad and hurts people and doesn't 
is not just and isn't fair. But oh, I well, do don't, not don't go too hard on yourself, Sid. You, you're a doctor. I mean, I'm, well, <laughs> I'm a I mean, bartender. There's no there's no jokes about that. Like, well, but like the healthcare you at least system. Have some- Try to do good. <laughs> well, but I mean, I think like any criticism somebody wants to level at our healthcare system, I think is fair. Like sure. I, I, I sign on to that. But then I still feel like I can do some good within that system, or else why? Why would I do it? Still, right? I must inherently. And and so I think it's hard to like if you take a wide lens at the Barbie movie. I mean, yes, it's they're selling a product. Everyone's beautiful. It's. Hollywood, you know, I mean, like, what what do you want me to, you know, yes, of course, but it could still say something that is meaningful and impactful. It can still be enjoyable. I mean, because that's the other thing. It didn't just like make statements that made me choke up a little bit because it did. It also made me laugh. It was also really funny and clever. And the way that they show like that they're dolls, the way that they float down from their houses and don't take stairs, the way that they get into the car, the way they talk. To each other, just the dolls interact, sounds like kids talking through a doll. It doesn't sound like real dialogue sometimes. And I think it's because it's like they're being played with. Like and when, so they talk. Yeah. Like when you know Tim what I mean? says, I, I thought I'd come over. And she says, why? And he says, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. She says, to do what? He says, I actually don't know. <laughs> like that's I, kids I mean, playing with, with the Barbie and a kid. Right. I, f- I felt that way. Like that they talk to each other. Like sometimes the dialogue felt really weird. And I think it's because like, well, imagine that two, you know, eight year olds are making the two Barbies talk to each other. This is the kind of weird stuff that kids say. Like your arm's all better now. I fixed it. Like it took 10 seconds. I mean, that I don't know. I thought all that was really funny and clever and insightful. And obviously the, um, the Ken... Uh, I'm just Ken song is just the whole number is it's just great. It's just it's just great. Ken walking away and saying sublime after Barbie agrees to be his long distance, long commit, low commitment, long term casual girlfriend. Um, I, that is one of the funniest things in film in recent history for me. That yes. Every time I see it, it makes me laugh out loud. And I don't know if that's ever going to stop. It's just so good. It's just so good. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, all of the praise that, you know, I, I, a lot of, and I mean, we've joked about it, but like Ken's getting so much praise for this movie and that's against the whole point of the movie, but it's like, that's not Ken, that's Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, he's so funny. I mean, the whole, I mean, in his arc is important because it's also part of what we're supposed to understand about the real world and reality and, and who Ken is in the real world. Well, and I think... You know, when I was rewatching it, I was trying because it's not, it's not a one to one like the Ken. The Kens are like women in the real world because I mean, not to be you know brutal, but they're not abused. They're not. Yeah. They're not in danger. They're just not. The Barbies just aren't interested in centering their lives around them. Right. Um, but like, there is a subtle. This movie's not trying to take on the problems with modern masculinity. Uh, but there is a bit of it in that, you know, when she, she says to him at the end, like, you know, it's not about like the things that you, you have, like it's, you know, that men, men define themselves by what they possess. Women define themselves by who possesses them. And that's, you know, they Mm -hmm. they kind of look at the other side of it a little bit. It's not the focus of the film, but I do think that's included, which Mm -hmm. is nice. Yeah. But it's not just who's your girlfriend? What's your job? How expensive was your watch? How expensive was your car? These are the things that make you a man. Yes. 
Yeah, you have to have a horse because it's a man extender. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, when he says he lost interest when he realized patriarchy wasn't about horses. <laughs> man, oh, it's good. Um, mm-hmm. I also I I really appreciate as a as a you know twenty three year old woman living on my own. Um, I realized as I was rewatching the Barbie movie, I looked around my apartment and I said, I've created my own Barbie dream house. Everything you sit on in this house is pink. There's nothing in this apartment that is not pink that you can sit on. Um, and she has that conversation with him when he says he wants to move in and like bring his stuff before it becomes a Mojo Dojo Kata house. She says, no, this is Barbie's dream house, not Ken's dream house. Um, but I mean, in like the, like a, like a real sense, like having your own space that is as safe and as comfortable and as feminine and as whatever as you want it to be. Um, I mean, that's what a Barbie dream house is and was when I was playing with it when I was like six. And that is now, <laughs> that is now my apartment is my own little personal Barbie dream house. Um, and, you know, knowing that you can have that space to yourself and you don't have to compromise it or like make space for someone else. It can just be yours. It- mm-hmm. Is a Barbie dream house not but a room of one's own? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. Right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, look, it's Greta Gorg, I think, was putting a lot of philosophy in here that didn't have to come to the front of the movie, but it's in the background. Like, yeah, I don't know. To me, the whole like that the path that Barbie takes. Have either of you ever read John Berger's Ways of Scene? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The passage where they talk about how women look at themselves, like men can be subjects in their lives. Uh, One set of eyes looking forward, right? Mm -hmm. Women have two sets of eyes. They go forward in life, but they're also constantly aware of how people are perceiving them. So they're always looking back at themselves. And part of the the book is about art. And Mm -hmm. part of that is explaining why women are aren't masters basically like why women can't not can't make great art but this is one of the hurdles to women making great art is Mm -hmm. that they can never be purely a subject in their own life because they are Mm -hmm. always just as much as the world is always objectifying them they are always objectifying themselves it's not i'm a doctor it's this is what i look like when i'm a doctor Mm -hmm. you know this is what i look like when i'm doctoring and that that is a constant inhibitor of women's true expression and i mean i i refuse to believe that, that that book wasn't at least, you know, thumbed through a little bit for this. The whole the whole when she says at the end, like, I want to be the one that does the dreaming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean that that's the line that got me, but like that's it's not this no I, smart ideas here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know exact that that got me too. That was exactly I, I I that was one of the first things I said after we left the movie was that it that's what it's about. Like I I wanna get to tell the story for once. I wanna get to want to be the one to decide what could happen what what is possible what can we think of and i do feel like there's a there there is that limitation like we're not given that opportunity very often and if we are it's such a narrow definition of like well here's what it can be though i mean even with this and i think that's really impressive like she was given that opportunity with barbie because like girls barbie barbie it's girls like you can see where that came from, and then she did all this with it. Like, fine, you you're going to give me this opportunity with Barbie. Guess what I'm going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know, I I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's a story, it's a transformation story. It's a mm-hmm. story about becoming, about mm-hmm. you know, becoming your own self, allowing yourself agency, and that's it's 
it's in the lens of feminism, I think that that's an important lesson. But I just think anybody can watch mm-hmm. that and, and enjoy that and consider what am I doing that I'm, you know, who do I think I have to be for the world and who am I just on my own? Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that and there was an acknowledgement that their poor pregnant Midge <laughs> was still left out. <laughs> no, Midge. Uh, we we still have a long way to go. Yeah. When, for when, yeah, for when people are pregnant or when guys are like Alan, we still got a way to go, but <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> um, well, I, uh, Taylor, I'm really glad you, you wanted us to talk about the Barbie movie because I did. I love the um, Barbie movie. I did too. I'll just say it. We, we all loved it in this house. We all watched it. Justin learned some lessons. Did, I did cried. He? Mm-hmm. Is he Justin he and Alan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. Dad cried. Yeah. Yeah, he sat there sobbing watching the movie. Well, that's dad cries at a lot. most things. But yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that you you brought it for us to talk about because I I was excited too. Oh, for sure. And it's on uh, HBO Max. Yeah. Yes, Max. Uh, <clears throat> Riley. Yes. What's next? Um, well, I thought we could talk about some music next. I realized I saw a lot of people in concert last year, and we, I haven't made you all talk about all their music. Um, so I thought we could talk about Maisie Peters, and specifically her album, The Good Witch. Sounds good. Maisie Peters. I have not heard of her, so I'm excited to check it out. All right. Don't, that's not a slam. I I'm, don't know what's happening in the world. Of, especially music. I never. Uh, yeah. I know what's happening in the world, but not of music. Like I never know what's happening with music. Yeah. I'm so square. I've seen your playlist. I know. Yeah, uh, it's on Apple Music. We don't yeah. even need to look at the, the songs. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, thank you both. Um, I can't imagine anyone out there hasn't seen either seen the Barbie movie, or if you haven't, you've probably made the decision that you're not gonna. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel like everybody's had that option by now. Um, uh, thank you, listeners. You should go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I am too. Billy Irish song still should have won. I was just thinking about that. We didn't even mention the Great Irish. Such a good song. Such a good song. The whole soundtrack is great, but yeah, it's the best part. It is. From the Twisted Minds, that brought you The Adventure Zone, Balance, and Amnesty, and Graduation, and Ethersea, and Steeplechase, and Ultra Space. And all the other ones, the McElroy brothers and dad, are proud to reveal a bold vision for the future of actual play podcasting. It's, um, it's called The Adventure Zone versus Dracula. Yeah, we're going to kill Dracula's ass. Ah! We're gonna, well, we're going to attempt, we haven't recorded all of it yet. We will attempt to kill Dracula's ah! The Adventure Zone versus Dracula. Yes, a season I will be running uh, using the D&D 5th edition uh, rule set. And there's two episodes out for you to listen to right now. We hope you will join us. Same bat time, same bat channel. For and bats. I see what you did there. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.